This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus to Canton. This podcast specializes in college players and their potential for future success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. In this week's episode, we will look at our rankings, look at some supplemental names, and talk about some movers since the spring is wrapped up and the portal is mostly calmed down. But first, Corey with the news. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't call us a recruiting show. Make sure you guys are listening to the official podcast that we have on our podcast feed for everything you need to do with recruiting. But it is worthy to talk about um, the number one quarterback in the 2026 class. I, or no, 2027 class, I guess now, right? That's what it would be. Yeah, Dil- yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Rayola um, committed to Georgia which was kind of a shock to some people, kind of a shock not to some people. But I know from at least lurking in the recruiting channel that um, the recruiting team, at least early signs are that they're not as high on him, at least in comparison to some of the top guys from this past class with Nelson and Moore and and uh, Yamalieva and, and all those guys. But um, he goes to Georgia here. He's got the size, 6'3", 220 pounds, got the arm. He's still going to have one more season of tape for us to kind of digest a little bit until he gets there. Well, what's your thoughts on him committing to Georgia? And do you think that this is probably means it's time to flush Gunnar Stockton down the drain? Well, the first part of the question, uh, I'm super interested in what they're going to do for offense too. We don't look at this team for, for wide receivers outside of the ultra athletes, you know, as a, as a company, as a whole, we've never been on the lab McConkie train. We've never really been on like the Dominic love it. We just want those, like those George Pickens and those AJ greens. Like that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but having like a a serious QB for what feels like the first time in a long time. I think, I think this might like put like some, some more Debbie wide receivers on the map for Georgia. I mean, certainly, obviously we love this team as a running back core and as a tight end core, but I think now they're going to, you know, they're going to Thanos this offense and collect all the infinity stones. And I'm wondering now, if this is a change of the guard, like no longer we can think about Alabama being a tier one. It's just going to be Georgia by itself. If they can get the offense and defense humming, like I'm kind of scared for the future of football. Yeah, no, I I hope that them bringing in a name like Dylan Rayola will hopefully attract even other recruits. Like we even saw, I was talking before the show, Jeremiah Smith, the, the OSU commit, uh, was already saying, maybe I got to look at what's going on with Georgia over there. Maybe I got to see what's going on. So hopefully, yeah, I mean, like... Ohio they, State had to be mad at that, dude. That was yeah. just bad, like casually. Dude. Yeah, but I mean, so we're already seeing some signs of it there. Um, I think they have shown signs of trending towards a new direction in offense like they weren't as running back heavy as they were you know back in the Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle days where those guys are both going for almost a thousand yards all that like it's not so much that they just spread the ball a ton around you know what I mean like whether it's Brock Bowers or Talam McConkie they're just a team that that consistently keeps passing the ball around so I don't know maybe with Carson Beck coming in as well maybe they start focusing more on one guy that becomes a part of the plan Dylan Rayola walks into that that situation as well this this offense that Mike Bobo is bringing here now so I don't know I'm hopeful that it's kind of heading to a new era with, with uh, Georgia here. Yeah. And then speaking to Gunnar Stockton, I, I do think this kills him for uh, Georgia. I just don't think that'll ever come to fruition here, but please help me like fill in these blanks. The, the quarterbacks that have transferred out of Georgia. We're, what are we talking about? Like Justin Fields here Justin is it, Fields. It's Joe Burrow. Uh, is it Joe Burrow one? Jacob Eason. The guy who went to Washington, who he ended up like like a backup with the Colts for a bit. He didn't do anything. He did, yeah. Wasn't there another one though? I thought there was another big name besides Justin Fields. Um, Dwan Maris, but anyways, that's probably not who you're thinking of. Anyways, yeah. Where did Joe Burrow play? Ohio State, and then he transferred to LSU. Ohio, and then to LSU. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for it as a, as a bulldog fan. I'm pretty excited, uh, about him coming in. At least I just hope this is kind of like a sign of a changing of the guard. And even if it's not, I think he's a guy who can run this offense pretty functionally. It's a, it's not an offense that's, that's going to push him to his limits and ask him to do a whole bunch. Uh, it, it's going to kind of be perfectly suited for him. So I, I, I kind of like this here and I kind of like, uh, the direction for my bulldogs, but yeah, I love it. Um, let's head over to the transfer portal. Give you a small update there. We have former Houston running back Alton McGaskill. He's committed to Colorado now with Deion Sanders over there. We've got Notre Dame, or former Notre Dame running back Logan Diggs. He's committed to LSU following Brian Kelly over there. Um, Penn State running back Kayvon Lee, a guy some people uh, like back in the day. He's transferring over to Mississippi State. I'm not sure what that offense is going to look like post-Leach here, but chance he's going to go over there to fill that Dylan Johnson role after he transferred to Washington. Um, and then former Purdue quarterback Brady Allen, your guy, he's finally transferring over to Louisville like we thought he was originally going to do when he entered the first time following Jeff Brom over there. So maybe some signs of life over there if you were a believer, something to kind of hang your hat on over there. Um, former USC wide receiver Gary Bryant, he's committed to Oregon. Um, the only thing I'm seeing here is there's a lot of guys kind of here now, uh, Tess Johnson and, and Troy Franklin and now Gary Bryant. It makes me worried about – Dickie's chances to beat that year one zero. Um, so we'll see how that kind of breaks out over there. And then Bam, former Bama wide receiver, Tyler Harrell, he's transferring over to Miami to bring them a little bit of, bit of speed over there. If anybody remembers him, he was supposed to be Jamison Williams last year. That didn't really work out. And then Georgia wide receiver, Dominic Blaylock, he is more moving over short move over to Georgia tech. Uh, so Mike, any of these guys that you'd like to talk about? Uh, yeah, I like to just, play like a quick song here for ultimate Caskill. just <laughs> just wanna just gotta let it go here what is this i don't even know what this is it's his, it's the paul bear dancing song here because his, his his stock is just dead it's dead yeah. it's going it's going to the grave okay. it's it it's colorado that's it they're not set up for success this year people are leaving right and left i think they're gonna get killed and i think ultimate Caskill's. i think he's done I think that I do think that they were going to have like a transition year, but do you not think that there's some realm of possibility here where you're in the spotlight with Deion Sanders? He's a, he's a decent pass catcher too. Maybe he gets used in that element a little bit and maybe there he stays another year and they're a lot better going into year two after finding their groove a little bit this year. Maybe he puts himself on the map a little bit more has Dion's backing behind him, pumping him up. Like, I don't know. I guess I think I see an Avenue there for him. But, I mean, in the short term, it, uh, I'm wondering how it's going to work out. Probably going to be playing down a lot. You know, even that yeah, offensive line. a lot line of passing to the Sean yeah, so, offense. So. Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough to see, really. But I guess I'm not totally out on it. I mean, I, I just wish he would have stayed at Houston, to be honest with you. Yeah, same here. And you're shooting from deep now, too. And you're hoping that he comes back 100% from that injury, too. So it's, yeah. it's definitely gotten worse. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Yeah, the only other one I want to talk about a little bit too is Notre Dame running back uh, Logan Diggs heading over to LSU following Brian Kelly over there. I guess, you know, it's not like we have a, a running back year one zero theory over here. You know, if, if Caleb Jackson, a guy that I really like heading over there, doesn't get to play this year, it's not really a big thing. But I know Logan Diggs has two years of eligibility left. Um, and I was kind of hoping Caleb Jackson would be a 2024 play. Now I'm just worried Brian Kelly is going to just stick with his guy and run him into the ground, convince him to stay for those two years. Cause I don't know if I see much of an NFL future with Diggs. Maybe he tries his luck. Um, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed that he ended up going there. Another guy I want to talk about though is Brady Allen, a QB that I've been into. Uh, he follows Jeff Brom there. Jeff Brom really hasn't developed a 
NFL quarterback, you're more just chasing the system and chasing the production there. Mm. But he does go to the LSU. LSU has just got more of a national spotlight than Purdue. They'll be able to draw some better talent there Louisville, too. As well. Louisville, Mike. Louisville. What am I saying? What did you I said say? LSU? <laughs> we just finished talking about Diggs. That's all. Keep going. <laughs> all right, all right. Louisville has a national stage. They have an NIL deal, dude. Jeff Brom's there. He had, he's going to have a lot better options there to throw to. So anyway, I just want to say Brady Allen has definitely resurfaced. Uh, I think he should be able to beat out. I want to say Pierce Clarkson. I think is that is that true freshman yeah. that was somewhat of a name here and there. Uh, I think yeah. he looked pretty bad at like the Elite 11. I can't remember. There's there's something at the end he did not look good at, but I think he's Brady, like Brady Allen's back alive. He's like another version of like the Malik Cunningham type mold, I guess. Right. That maybe I, I like, I don't know. Uh, does his play style. I don't know how it fits in Brom's system as, as well. You're talking as about Clarkson, Tyler. right? Clark, yes. Clarkson. Clarkson. Yes. Yes. I'm talking about Clarkson. Whereas like Brady Allen feels like he fits this system a little bit better more than someone like Pierce Clarkson. But yeah, I, I guess we'll it, see kind of, kind of how that works out there. I think worst case scenario, you get some O'Connell, sorry. O'Connell's like type of, production for like three years like where's right yeah. so so you do have some like cff upside if you take him in cdc leagues yeah so that's that's the hope um i did just want to take a look quickly at um i think around this time we've been talking about a lot in our chats we've been talking about it pretty much everywhere i think everybody's doing it right now is supplemental drafts we've been talking about it uh back off each other in the chat me and you especially going back and forth trying to make sure we get our guys um but in devi leagues uh if you're playing a straight devi league Generally, you're looking at maybe like a five-round draft that comes uh, uh, before your season. This is this is combined rookie draft, the rookies that have slipped through that didn't get you know owned before in Devi drafts, and uh, and your and you know the new class of Devi guys from the freshmen and other guys that maybe just weren't taken from from the Devi classes before. Maybe some deeper names, right? So I've been getting asked a lot of questions. You know, do I take? this player compared to, to this NFL rookie or, or whatever. The four names that I'm hearing the most about guys who have slipped through in supplemental drafts, Jonathan Mingo, Rashi Rice, uh, Roshan Johnson, and Kendra Miller. Those are the four guys I keep getting asked in, in DM. So I want to play a little bit of a name game with you, okay? I'm going to shoot some names off of you and compare it to some other Devi guys that I think will be available in typical shallower drafts, your normal five-round Devi drafts, uh, um, that you do each year. So let's start out with Jonathan Mingo here, wide receiver. Okay. I'm going to give you some Debbie guys. You tell me and you can expand on it or whatever. You let me know which one you would rather have Jonathan Mingo or Matthew golden. This is really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, give, give me, give, give me Liberty or give me, De- uh, give me, give me Mingo. Give me Mingo. I don't, I don't hate it. I mean, I guess, like I like this is almost the one we talked about a little bit before where you're betting on like situation more than you're betting on like talent. A guy who's I mean there Mingo is was traits. Considered there's a tra- talent. There's traits the there. There's traits there to like. I wouldn't say that he was considered a talent. He was just someone who's very intriguing based on like the build and the and the traits that he had. Now he goes to a pretty good good situation where they're looking for right. a wide receiver one. But I, I guess I am worried about if Matthew Golden's going to get the attention he deserves over there as, as well at Houston. Hopefully he will. I don't know if he will, but I'm not, I don't hate that one. Next one. I'm giving another name here. Maybe a, a softball here. John Tay Cook, okay. our, our consensus number two wide receiver in this freshman class. Yeah. Give me Cook. I'd rather Cook there. Okay. I think I would take Cook too. Um, how about Mr. Jurion Dickey going to Oregon? This one's tough. I'm a little worried about yeah. his year one zero odds there. And Golden was 
wide receiver five for me coming in, wide receiver six now ish. I think I think Dickey's in the same department with a little bit more mystery now to him. So I'm gonna take Mingo over over Dickey. Okay. Um yeah, I think I, I might do that too. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm somewhere around there too. <laughs> last one, last one for Mingo, Malik Benson. <laughs> Uh, I, I would take Mingo there too. There's just two. Yeah. Good, eh? those, all those names, by the way, just listed off. I think are right next to each other in their rankings. Like they're all they like, last were, like 13 yeah, to like 16. I was trying, I was trying to make it a little bit tough, but Malik Benson, like I am, I have been a little bit lower than some people out there have been, uh, seem to be at least just because like, I think we all are trying to fit this Alabama wide receiver into a role and we just want the one that's going to break out. I just, I'm not willing to put all my marvels into Benson the way some people are, that he's going to be the guy. I still like bond a lot. He could be the guy. There's still Kobe Prentice is there. Um, what's his name too? Look pretty good uh, in the game. The other uh, freshman from last year. Yeah. He looked, he looked all right. Like, I'm just not sure who the guy is going to be. And I'm not, I'm not sure if I want to put all my marbles in like this Juco transfer who just has some hype. Like, I don't want to be the show that hypes up Kendrick Law. I'm just, I'm not ready. No, for that no, we're not, we're not, we're not that show. We're not that show. Let's not get, let's not get crazy. Okay. So anyway, so those are some names on Mingo. Let's move on to, uh, we'll go running back now. Let's go Roshan Johnson. Okay. All right. Somebody you yeah. like a little bit more than I do. So I'll shoot some names at you. Roshan Johnson or Jace McClellan? Chase, Chase McClellan. Chase McClellan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to go with like the, the college guy every time here. Uh, Roshan Johnson or Katron Allen? Give, <laughs> give me. Oh man, give me this tough one. This one's tough. It is tough. I think I. I'll let you think. I think I'm personally probably going to just chase. Whatever upside Catron Allen has, even though I don't think it's the greatest situation for him, but I'm just not a huge fan of Roshan. We've talked about it a lot on the show before, so yeah, that would be that's this, my theory on it. There, this debate to me is: can I use him for one year and then ship him off? Or do you think Roshan plays a lot in year one? I do. I really do. I don't think Herbert's that good of a pass catcher for one, so I think Roshan's got the up on that. And I think as a runner. I think Herbert's maybe slightly better, but I still think Roshan has a more rounded. He's game. counting out Foreman in this race, man. He's, he's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you now, he's gonna play a bigger part than you think. No way, he no is. way. I don't yeah, believe that is. at all. But I it, do, yeah. anyway, I do. the window for Roshan is just this one year. No one, yeah, no yeah. one's gonna be arguing for more than one year production. They shouldn't be one year production out of Roshan. So, um, I'm gonna take yeah. Roshan here. I just think Katron gets overshadowed by Singleton eventually, and then he becomes like. The second guy in the system, and then we're talking about him two years from now, talking about how he's how he's a fringe day two guy, and then maybe he's the new Roshan once the draft rolls around. I think you need to play in points per special teams plays for that to go for you. But <laughs> <laughs> last one for Roshan, Ruben Owens, a guy you hate compared to a guy that you like a little more than I do. Yeah, I guess I'd probably. I think I'd take Ruben Owens. I think I'd take yeah. Ruben Owens there. I would okay, I would bet on me being wrong. And I you know what? You're not missing out on a lot with Roshan. If you take Roshan, you're not like getting a league winner. You're just not no exactly my point. That's my point. <laughs> it's just hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to think of him as being like a serious contributor. If you if you're relying on Roshan week to week, you're just not a compete. You're not yeah. competing. You're not competing. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Yeah, give me give me Ruben yeah. Owens then. All right. So Roshan looking pretty bad in that one. Let's move on to our other wide receiver. Rasheed Rice went in the second round, I believe, to Kansas City. 
Yeah. So some pretty good capital there. Here's one for you. Mr. Romo Dunze. Give me Rasheed Rice. Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know you're not a big Odunze fan. Yeah. I don't know. I don't believe in any of that first round hype stuff. I think he's I think Odunze is a fine like NFL wide receiver two, three, which is the exact same evaluation I gave Rasheed Rice, but Rasheed yeah. Rice goes to Patrick Mahomes. So I, I'll take Rasheed Rice. There were some things in Rice's profile that started to irk me a little bit, you know, like like some of his success against man coverage. Um, he's his own guy, yeah. Yeah, he's, some of the fluidness and stuff like that. I'm ho- like I'm hoping that Odunze would have more of a ceiling, a little bit more upside. I might go with Odunze there for me. Um, I think he might just have, be a little bit more fluid of a mover. Um, I'm, I'm just not convinced he's like even a, he's a second rounder guy. And I got I got yeah. Rice who is a second rounder and and day and third round. Yeah, just been a, it's been a uh, it's been a what do you call it? It's been a scrapyard. It's been exact like just a wasteland the last four years. So there's something to that, you know. Do you take the take the guy that's going to get your production right now? Especially if you're a competing team, I could see you making that pick. Okay, Rasheed Rice or Devontae Walker. Give me Devontae Walker. But, but remember, no, no production, no nothing. This is just what you think his draft capital is going to be compared to Rasheed Rice. Yeah, you, yeah. I Walker, I think yeah. he's we he's six foot three, runs twenty three miles an hour. <laughs> he's going to be a starting X at the NFL. You just got to hope he lands on the right yeah. system type of thing. I don't hate it. It's spicy and I don't think a lot of people would do it, but I don't, I don't hate it at all because I don't think that I'm not, I'm not here. I don't think rice is going to be anything like crazy on the next level. Yeah, I, so I don't, I don't hate program. that. I got him in the program. I might send that offer out. Yeah. If I, if I'm, I could see this going either way. Like if I'm competing, I might take Rashi or something because I, I'm still worried about Walker's profile. I get, I don't know. He's an athlete. We know that. We just haven't seen it on this level. So I guess there's still some unknown there in that. Profile, yeah, we've seen but, him yeah. dunk on your bulldogs there. Yeah, I mean, well, well they still lost though. He just, he just had broken. It's Kent State. They actually gave him a pretty good. They actually like gave him a, one, one of the harder times of the, of the season. I, I think it was exciting. But I guess yeah, it yeah. was. They actually gave him a little bit of a hard time there. Okay, last one against Rishi. Travis Hunter. Give me Rishi. Give me Rishi. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that one was a little bit lower in there. So, okay, a little bit of a the, the higher end running back here. Now let's go to Kendra Miller. Are you taking Kendra Miller or Justice Haynes? Oh, Justice Haynes. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Then RB, then the RB three in your class that you got to wait till twenty twenty six for. You would. I believe. Take... I believe in the high end of Justice Haynes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if. Kendra could be like an RB one for fantasy. Okay, then let's go a little bit lower. Uh, Kendra Miller or Cameron Seldon? Kendra Miller. Okay. Yeah, there's some rawness there. You don't really know how it's going to develop. I get that. Right. Yeah. Going yeah. into that. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kendra Miller or Trey Benson? That's tough, dude. That's tough. That's, um, that's a tough one. Yeah. I say I stick with Kendra here. I would. Yeah. Uh, it's tough for me. I have Benson pretty high in next year's class. Yeah, I might. I have a lot of hope in Kendra. I really do. I think he. I'm worried yeah. more about where like where New Orleans is headed as a as a organization, and if he's going to be able to kind of break through that mess, or if he's going to call kind of fall victim to all the change that they're going through. I hope that Derek Carr can kind of supply them with some. Uh, with some stability, but I'm just not sure about where they're going, kind of like as a franchise, I guess. So I'm I just, a little I bit think... worried about that. Yeah, I, I, Jamal Williams is not as good as a runner as people think he is. You know, I think yeah. he like averages below four yards a carry like every single year. 
like yeah like he was he says no for the end zone like really <laughs> yeah he you know you need him to get four yards he gets three you need him to get two yards he's getting you three you yeah know, he's like, that type of guy yeah <laughs> yeah so so i don't think he's much of a threat as a runner and then alvin kamara is dealing with some legal issues so the question for me is how long is alvin kamara sticking around not like forever long but like if it's I'd rather obviously sooner rather than later to go to Kendry if I'm a Kendry manager. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm hopefully again, this is a situation where cream rises to the top, right? Where Kendry kind of goes over, um, over Jamal Williams there. And then, like you said, with Kamara, I don't know what's going to happen with him legally. I'm almost thinking, I'm almost looking at him like this is either his last year or he's not even going to play this year. Like, I have no idea what to think about him on my rosters right now. I think he's going to probably, uh, uh, maybe have a little bit of trouble with the law, maybe get suspended, maybe something. I don't know. We'll see what ends up happening. Here, he has so. to get suspended. It's just for yeah. how long. So that's, uh, so yeah, those are four names for you guys. Uh, you can kind of see where we are on those guys. Um, so I know a lot of people are doing those supplemental drafts right now. Good luck in all those. Hopefully you get all your targets. I just want to give a little bit of a word to all the stuff we've got going on at campus to Canton, uh, right now. We just released our Debbie guide last week or two weeks ago now at this point, May 1st. Um, 247 profiles, everything you need to attack your Debbie drafts this off season. It's $20 single purchase at the website, or it comes with many of the, of the subscription options we have as does all our other content, including our other guides, the CFF guide, which they are grinding on right now. That is a great asset. Also have the supplemental draft guide, which gives you a peek into all those freshmen, which is super important around this time as well. But they go super deep into those freshmen. So make sure you guys get over there. Check out everything else that's going on, the YouTube channel, all the written content we've got. So become a member today at Campus of Canton and get the leg up on all your league mates. All right, now let's organize this by class. We're going over our rankings here, doing some spring cleaning. Spring is done. We, we've gotten all the... Camp reports, we got the beat reporter write-ups, we have transfer portals, um, which, you know, it's kind of hard to find these write-ups for schools like like uh, Duquesne. Is that how you, how do you say that? Is it Duquesne? <laughs> Duquesne? I don't know. I'm du- not sure <laughs> I think they call it Duquesne in, uh, yeah, in okay. the Pittsburgh area. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so we, we've had we've had months now to update our rankings here, and I just want to go with Corey. We're going to go by class and just talk about who's some risers, who's some fallers, just talk about some overall movement. I know I have, I think I've talked Corey into doing it too, putting down our rankings like every two months on the side of your screen uh, for um, like your official sheet. So it's really easy for me to track my movement. I'm not like guessing here. I actually know the actual numbers of movement here. Um, but, you know, it's spring now. And Corey, I wanted to ask, uh, are there any players that you've added to your rankings since the winter? And we're going to exclude some oversight guys because I, I forgot some guys in my rankings initially. Yeah, I mean, well, excluding those guys, I mean, I, I think I finally threw Travis Hunter in like three weeks ago, which just took forever for me to do. But some guys, at least this offseason that I've added that weren't there uh, previously that have done something at least to gain my attention. Um, three guys here for me, one at each position. Uh, I'll start with my quarterback here. Um, and that's Minnesota quarterback, Athlan Kaliamakis, as I think how you say it. It's a Greek name. Yeah, I think you actually got it, dude. Like, did I say, look at me, yeah, though, I think, right? yeah, dude, look at you. <laughs> you and the Greeks, bro. The Greeks yeah, and the Canadians. So four-star kid. They nickname him the Greek Rifle, and it's obvious why they name him the Greek Rifle. He's got the, a cannon for an army. 6'4", 210 pounds, probably the kind of guy who might get to like 220, 225, given the kind of frame he has. Very live arm. That's the one thing that comes up, that jumps off the stage. He had, didn't played that much last uh last year but in the in the starts that you did see him he had a pretty good game against wisconsin if i remember correctly rifled the ball into some tight windows rifled it all the three i did want to see him throw with some more touch he's just 
a very raw guy, incredibly raw guy. It's kind of like the Joe Milton of the Big Ten, like early on in a sense. A lot of arm, not a lot of other things going on, but he's still early in his career. High-ranking guy at Minnesota. Pretty good, decent system over there for, for quarterbacks as well and the wide receivers. So um, I'm going to want to see him kind of stop relying on that arm so much, but I kind of liked him um, enough to at least add him into my rankings. He is only somewhere in like my 60s for quarterbacks, but at least it's somebody that I put on the radar. I like it. Now, I've added Carson Beck. We've talked about Carson Beck enough, but I definitely mm-hmm. thought I, I was one of those guys I was holding out for Gunnar Stockton. I was believing in the, the post-summer hype, talking about how he's really taking steps and all, but you know, the the uh, those answers have been those questions have been answered. It's not Gunnar Stockton. It's Carson Beck, who I had unranked, and I actually now have him all the way to my QB5 in the class for 2024. It's a hot take, and I know that but I, I think he's a phenomenal pocket passer. That spring game, by the way, this is all just spring game takes here. He was he was just amazing with a clean pocket. Great processor, great mechanics. I, I thought he moved really well too as well. I just don't know how he's going to do once he gets pressured. And I don't know if we really see enough of him getting pressured this year with how good a Georgia is. So that'll be the good, that'll be the mystery. How good is he uh, like improvising out of pocket, just you know on the move. But as a pocket passer, I think he can, one of the best so maybe like a maybe a mac jones type maybe yeah yeah that's i don't think i don't think that's crazy depending on where they want to go he does i think he might bring more to the table than than bennett did as a passer maybe like just because i like benson threw an all right but he even got good compliments at the combine for the ball he threw he was not really that bad of a scrappy little quarterback but carson beck looks very clean out there he has the arm He's going through his progressions a lot. I wrote his profile up for the Debbie Guide, so I watched even his late-game stuff from last year, kind of going through it, trying to get a feel for him. I actually wrote his, his profile up before even the spring game happened. So I was already I, – I was saying the same things you see now in the spring game as well, going through his progressions in the clean pocket. But that that is the main thing is we've never seen him face any type of adversity. He's never been down in a game. He's never – it's always been late game situations. Everything's positive game script. Everything is is in his favor. Um, clean pockets to work from. Uh, is he probably going to have that ninety percent of the time, anyways? Yeah, it's it's when we come to like those playoff times. I kind of want to see how he handles facing some of that tougher competition when he goes up against the Alabama, when he goes up against some of those guys. So I still like that too. We we added him in very like right at the end almost of our Debbie guide. We were like, how, how, how have we not written up Carson Beck? We're gonna have to throw him in here and write him up. So I'm glad we ended up doing it. Um, he ended up looking pretty good. I'll head over to my next guy. I'm going with a running back here now. Um, and that's Arkansas running back Rashad Dubinian. He's 5'10", 213 pounds. Um, didn't actually play like a whole ton uh, last year. But I think the main thing to take away from this was the bowl game. Um, they had A.J. Green healthy. Um, and Raheem Sanders, their starting running back, goes down. And, you know, I think general thought is, oh, A.J. Green's going to take over the backfield. Well, no, they decided to rely on this kid, Rashad Dubinian, who was a freshman last year. Um, and and he did really well during the game, over like 100 in scrimmage yards. I think he scored two touchdowns, including catching the game-winning two-point conversion um, in overtime as well. They they leaned on him, I think, 23, 24 touches in total. It looks like they're preparing for him to be the guy. I know a lot of people like um, Isaiah Augustave, uh, a freshman that's coming in, very athletic freshman that we kind of like. But it seemed like they really liked what they got from Dumbidian. He's a guy kind of like, you know, near the end of supplemental drafts uh, in your C2C leagues, if you guys if you guys want to target there. He's a guy that could take over this backfield, a very run-heavy backfield in, in Arkansas, and, and be the next guy there and hopefully bring you uh, some RB1 weeks for your roster. 
much into Dominion. I thought he weighed 190 pounds, and so I wasn't even going to be looking at him if he weighed 190. But Corey, let me know before the show that how wrong I was about that. <laughs> yeah. so, so I guess we'll have to see how wrong I am. That's I'm probably missing out on. Uh, no, I was going to say that is probably part of the reason that he wasn't on the radar so much because we do like we, we've said it a bunch of times when we see that kind of weight, we tend to write those guys off a little bit. But yeah. if they at least check in at some point in their freshman season and show that they had a bunch of weight, like like then uh, I'm in. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't. I didn't have any running back guys to really add here. I had two freshmen. We didn't really want to talk freshmen because obviously they're going to pop up on the radar, but. Cam Seldon finally came a running back. We weren't allowed to rate, rank him as a running back here. They wouldn't let us, but he's in there for me. And then uh, uh, Caden Fegan, too, another guy I added to my rankings here. And uh, I think he's like RB50. But I'm going to go on to my wide receiver here. I'm going to talk about Travis Hunter. Add him to the rankings. He's a – I just think more now watching watching Colorado, watching the mass exodus of players there, I think it's almost now essential that he plays wide receiver. So – the consensus idea early on was that he's probably going to play more DB rather than wide receivers. But I do think that I think we're going to see more of him than we actually think he, we are. So the question is still out whether he makes the full conversion over, but I do think we'll see a health, a healthy dose of Travis Hunter this year. Yeah. He's, he's a really interesting one. He might be the kind of guy, like even we were talking about these Debbie supplemental drafts. Like once I hit like a lot of these drafts for only like five rounds, if I got like an extra pick in the fifth or an extra pick in the fourth, I don't think that a lot of people are going to take a shot on him. And he might be a guy just, you never know. You spend worse things with the, for the fourth and fifth round pick. You toss them on your roster, let them sit there, see what happens. He's, he's got that kind of upside from a Debbie angle. If he decides to play wide receiver at the next level, I think, I mean, it's still a pretty good chance. He's going to be a corner, but I, I, I do like that call there. He's a guy that I also, I've also added to my rankings this, this off season after not really knowing what was going on um, with, uh, with Jackson state over there, but right. another guy from that school as well, Kevin Coleman is my wide receiver that I added to my rankings as well this offseason, probably for the same reason. You know, we're getting guys jumping from that level of competition into Power 5 competition. It deserves some attention. These guys were high-ranking prospects as well. I did notice, though, as a prospect, 247 ranked him as like 96, four-star, very four-star high-ranking high, uh, guy. And then as a transfer, only three-star 88 ranking. So I, I, I kind of... I kind of get that though, coming from that level of competition. He didn't really flash as a freshman either that much outside of like one big play here, one or two big plays here and there. Flashing that speed, he's a little bit smaller as well. So he's not super high on my rankings. I've got him at like, I don't know, somewhere in like 60s or 50s or something like that. But still, someone I've added and at least deserves to be on the radar to be paying attention to in that Jeff Brom system with, with, uh, at Louisville over there. Yeah, I've been a little bit lost on where to rank Kevin Coleman personally because. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to, I just talked about Jeff Brom earlier. Uh, his top two wide receivers coming out of Purdue have been Rondo Moore, second round draft capital, uh, David Bell, third round draft capital. And then this last year we had uh, Charlie Jones who got drafted in the fifth. Now he was a fifth year transfer type of guy, a little bit late, but um, you know, Coleman's got the pedigree. I just, I wasn't impressed with his tape, but usual, the moral of the story is that you want the Jeff Brom wide receiver one, this is obviously a much better facility, much better supporting cast of coaches to help him out too. So I, I do like, I like the school. I like the system, I like the program. So it's uh it's nice to see better variables around him. Like you can feel better about his future than he did at Jackson state. All right. So let's head on over. Let's get a little more class specific here. We're going to start off with the 2024 draft class. This is just right around the corner, by the way, this stuff happens in a blink of an eye. And I, I wanted to start with the QB classes are at the top here. Uh, Corey, what's some some movers you have in your 2024 QB class? 
Okay, well, because this guy was low to begin with, I am raising him up, and I know it's against consensus here about the thought going on here at Campus of Canton, amongst our team at least, but I'm moving up Jalen Milrow. He is in my top 30 of Debbie quarterbacks, and I just think there's oh, an wow, avenue so here. Bold, yeah. So bold, so <laughs> bold. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I, don't, I can't remember what number I exactly have him at. Let me look it up quick. I, I try to be generic so that people have to sign up and then they have to go see where I actually have him ranked, right? I'm not trying to give a hard ranking here. So there's, he's like, there's, at, like, <laughs> there's a max of like five QBs draft each class. QB 30 is not really a, a ringing endorsement there. Okay. I think that I think that he has uh the build and the rushing upside that the NFL is gonna like. I think obviously we have to see him take steps forward as a passer this year. Um, but I think that it, I don't think anybody's been pushing him. I think it looks like it's lining up for him to be the guy. They're going to be a little bit more of a rushing team. I do wonder if he does stay another year or if he will go take the hype and go with it and, and enter the NFL draft next year. But still, I think they're if they're going to commit to him, I think they're going to make it work with him. And I think he's going to show off enough. He has the arm. He has the mobility. He has some of those traits. He's got the build that the NFL is going to like. He's going to have... Uh, Saban backing him as well, telling everybody to go and get him. I don't think we were in love with Mac Jones and look what happened. I think Milro could see a similar fate. Uh, so he's at least been up there for me, uh, at least higher than uh, where some of you guys have. Him. No, that's, I, I had to check. I had him in the forties, so you're certainly higher. I, I just got to ask you, would you rather Milro or JJ McCarthy? JJ McCarthy. Okay. I'm just making sure you're not losing. I see you drinking Beer no, with your McCar- ice over there. McCarthy's my 14. <laughs> Quarterback 14. Where do you have McCarthy? 24. That's gross. All right, give me your guy. <laughs> I already talked about Carson Beck earlier. That's who I was going to talk about here. Um, but I did want to talk about something else here just real quick because we are talking 2024 QBs. I'm I'm like caught between now I, I'm used I'm used to being the guy that sinks guys like right away. But I, I'm caught between on QB rankings for guys that I think could be more, but also can be less. And then compared to the vets that are talked about all the time that we're pretty confident are going to be like solid day three draft capital. I'm talking about like, like the Bo Nixes of the world, you know, like I yeah. do, do I like get bold and like put them above Bo Nix. But I feel like I just feel so confident about projecting who's going to be the backups next year in the NFL rather than who's going to be the the random day two guy. No, I think anybody that we're talking about right here, like any kind of any type of movement, like it's it's hard to talk about, not talk about names at the top. We're trying to give you some deeper names here to talk about. Uh, I will give some shout out to a different guy that um, I've been pretty hard on, at least during his career, but I have moved him up. Um, he's in that uh, also in that top 30, 35 range. Uh, so it tells you that he's probably a little bit deeper than it right, yeah. was, but um, that's Riley Leonard, who I think, grew a lot as a passer over this past year, maybe a little bit more than I gave him credit for. Um, kind of watched him a little bit more. He has the mobility as well, which is a, which is a, a really nice thing. I'm not saying he's going to be a first-round quarterback or anything like that. He's just someone who, at least in this class, is moved up from me from where I had him. I think I had, I don't even know if I had him right. He was somewhere in like my 60s or 50s, someone I wasn't really that interested in. But after I looked at him a little bit more, a lot of people have been talking about him a little bit more. He did develop as a passer a little bit more this year. And if he takes another step forward now this year, maybe there's something there that can happen. He hands up a second, third round pick, something, something goes right on the NFL level and injury and he, he gets in the game. I don't know. There's, there's avenues there for quarterbacks. Sometimes he's just an interesting guy. At least that that's popped up on the radar a little bit more uh, frequently um, as of late. 
Dude, you know Nelly's pumping his fist right now listening to this. Yeah, I mean, he's not better than Quinn Ewers, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, w- I want to shoot from deep here for a second. I want you to shoot from deep as well. I just want one QB shooting from deep. I'm going to start off here. I-, I-, I like Will Howard from Kansas State University. Mm-hmm. Will Howard's got that prototypical size. They got him listed at six foot five. I think he was like 230. Uh, his recruit profile is six foot four. so somewhere in that range. Feel pretty good about him being six foot four. Uh, he came in, he he was efficient last year. I want to say like 1,200 yards on like five games. And I want to say it was 13 touchdowns and two interceptions during those five games as well. And he kind of had some wheels too. I mean, he, they got called back a lot for holding on the offensive line. But there's there's plays of him looking looking kind of goofy, man. Like he runs and you're like, how's he getting so far? How's, how's yeah. he not, how's the linebacker not closing in on him? You know, like just how's this guy? It's, ath- it's athleticism. It's athleticism that I'm not sure translates to the NFL level, but yeah. it's at least enough to move around a little bit. Kind of like that Baker Mayfield type athleticism. Yeah, it's kind of thinking more like yeah. Justin Herbert. Like I was kind of like, yeah, Justin yeah, Herbert, more like, like that, moving maybe. out there like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like Kansas State uh, quarterback Will Howard. I want to. He's also inside my top 35 here, just barely. But um, I want to see like a top 10 guy from in the class. But he's my, he's my shooting from deep. If you also want to count Carson Beck in that role too, that's my two shooting from deep guys. Yeah, I actually like Will Howard quite a bit. I wrote his his uh, profile for the W guide. I saw him play a little bit last year as well. Um, he actually started. Uh, no, he didn't start. He he played as a true freshman. Played nine games as a true freshman. Yes. It was not very good. It was a very shaky season. He was all over the. He was all over the place. It, they eventually brought in Adrian Martinez. He had to sit and wait, and so he was kind of off the spotlight for a lot of the time. Like, and and then all of a sudden, he gets the injury last year. He kind of gets comes back in. Looks like a completely different guy. Over the last seven games for him, through most yards, uh, most touchdowns, second highest A dot, second fewest interceptions in the Big Twelve over those final seven games of the season, led them to that conference championship. Um, never really gave them a, a reason to return to Martinez. He seems like a guy now that he's entrenched as a starter could could hopefully see a boost next year. He's got the size and things that a lot of people are going to love. It, it's going to be tough to keep climbing more guys to keep climbing through this class, but I do like that call. He's he's a guy that could stay as well the, the following year as well. I believe yeah. right. He has he has eligibility. Yeah, so I believe he has he one more even, year. Yeah. Yeah, so he could even stay another year, but I like that call. That's a. I uh, I was surprised though. Like I don't know if you watched the Alabama, like Alabama. He threw I think for 199 yards and two picks, which looks like a bad like line. But when, like mm-hmm. when you're watching that game and your expectation of Kansas State versus Alabama, I was like, this is not, this is not bad. Like this is not like a terrible play. No, he he showed some nice things. I, I, some of the negatives that I had written down here, I did write his profiles. He locks onto his target a little bit too long for a start, a little bit too long. Needs to make quicker decisions once that first read is gone. So moving through his progressions a little bit faster, that's something I'd like to see. And then I'd like to see a little bit more driving the ball into some of those like tight windows and stuff. He a very good touch passer. He's a guy that can kind of lay it over the defender, put it in the in the basket right over the shoulder. But some of those tight window throws, I want to see him drive it a little more than less. I don't think I, I'm not questioning his arm talent. I think it's there. I just think he likes to try to throw everything like beautifully and with touch and everything like that. And sometimes, you know, you need to hit those windows a little bit faster as a, as a quarterback. So, but I, I like that call. Um, uh, he's a guy that can definitely see some, but he's been a pretty hot name in supplemental drafts this off season. Um, another guy that's probably, Oh, not going to be available in your supplemental drafts, but a guy that I've kind of liked a little bit is Mr. Jalen Daniels. Um, the other Kansas quarterback, not Kansas state, obviously, but Kansas quarterback, Jalen Daniels. Um, six foot, 215 pounds. So not the greatest build on the guy. Um, but I just 
like kind of following his career. He finished 2021 really strong, um, then ended up becoming the starter entering 2022 um, through those first four weeks before he kind of had the injury bug uh, hit him. Led the Big 12 in touchdown passes, 11 touchdown passes, only one interception. He was second in yards from a scrimmage, and he had PFF's highest passing grade in the Big 12 uh, during that time as well. So he, he started out the season really hot, had that bad injury, um, didn't really get to play until he came back in the bowl game and then threw for like 500 yards, uh, scored five touchdowns as well. I think he threw like two picks in that game as well. But either way, this is just a guy that I think I see a lot of talent with. He's got surprising arm talent. I think in all different levels of the field, he can whip that thing. Um, and he's got mobility. He's kind of got, um, he ran for over 400 yards last year, seven touchdowns as well. This guy can move around a little bit. My comparison for him, um, this whole time has been Tyrod Taylor, which is, I know some people are yeah. not going to love that, but this is a guy that could get into the NFL as a mid round pick, third round pick or something like that. Got enough buzz to get a starting shot somewhere and whatever. And he has that same type of mobility, has the same type of build, same type of arm. That's who I really think his upside is the next level. I don't think he's going to be like a first round pick or anything, but I think he's an interesting guy that you can kind of keep your eyes on at least. Tyrod was a hero. He got the bills to like their first playoff game and, I don't even know. It was like 10, 15 years. He, yeah. He's yeah. a hero to some. All right. He's and, he's, hey, and he's a hero to Chargers fans too, because it started the Herbert era a little earlier. Yeah. <laughs> he had to get his, his right lung for that. He, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to say this. Uh, it, people really kind of like hang on to his mobility as a quarterback. Do you think he's, we just, you just compared him to Tyrod Taylor, but do you think he's NFL type dual threat? Or do you think he's just college type dual threat? I, if I were to say it, I think he's like a 4.6 guy. Like, I don't okay. think he's running, like, a 4-4 or anything like that. I think he's a 4. Like, I think he moves for a quarterback, for sure. Like, I think it, yeah. Scrambler. Like, I think I think yeah. it would – I think some of it would definitely translate to the next level. Like, that would be part of his game at the next level. But I don't think he's going to be Lamar Jackson get out there or anything like that. Right. All right. Let's uh, let's head on over to running back there. Well, we do have the same movement for one guy here. I just want to know how high do you have him. We're talking about uh, Trey Benson running back for Florida State. Okay, I would have to pull up my rankings really quick here. Debbie, running back. So I have started to struggle with Edwards and Benson and trying to figure out which one I would want first. So that would put him right in my 9-10 range. Okay, yeah. I got him yeah. at 9 myself as well. So Okay, ahead of Donovan Edwards? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know we, you don't like it. You don't like him that much. We too. talked a little <laughs> bit about how I think he's soft. So and I, yeah. I, um, I am concerned as – Judging off the Michigan spring game and that true freshman uh, Benjamin Hall went off for like uh, like eighty some yards on thirteen carries. Yeah, I I just I'm so convinced and vindicated now that that any running back can go into that system and be successful. Yeah, I guess my my biggest concern with to get back to Trey Benson a little bit too is just like. like how his medicals are going to check out after that really gruesome knee injury. Like if this is going to be like a case where he also doesn't have an ECL, like, <laughs> like Ty J did or something yeah. like that. I don't know if that, he, he seems fine. There hasn't been any reports about anything. He, I don't even think he missed a game last year. He didn't have any kind of ailing things. Hopefully this is something that he just leaves behind. There's nothing, but of course there's always that concern when he had one as gruesome as he did that um, something is going to pop up in the medicals when they come. Other than that, like he's, I don't even like uh, how many running backs. One, two, three. He's my running back four in his class right now, depending on what I do with Edwards. So those guys are my four or five. Okay. He's my four right now. I have a different five, but that's fine. So I, I also have. Who's your five? You know who's my five. Who's your five? Jaquinnon? Uh, no, no. So I got oh, Chase okay. there. And then Jaquinnon's at six. Oh, Jace. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I forgot you're, you're getting higher on him. Yeah. So all right. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm all right with that. <laughs> so uh we're both up on him you want to give us another guy 
Uh, yeah, so I'll go in a different direction here, and I'm going to talk back to Kansas here. I was just talking about Jalen Daniels, and I'm going to talk about their running back, Devin Neal, who I liked a lot as a freshman. He has a lot of nice traits. He's got good size. He's got good athleticism. He, he's even been seen in videos with his um, posting some of his some of his feats. He's done 39 inch vert. Um, he apparently runs like a 4.4 40 as well, and he's like 215 pounds. So he has a lot of things working for him. When we've seen him, he's been very efficient as well. But for some reason, I don't know why, but Kansas just doesn't seem to commit to him fully for some reason. Or maybe it's just the system they run where it's not a lot of running and stuff like that. I'm just, And I'm also getting worried if he's going to get the attention that he needs at Kansas as well. Um, so every time he's coming up in a draft or every time I'm moving my rankings around, he just seems to keep falling, keep moving guys in front of him. I keep moving, uh, and then addition by subtract, subtraction, right? He just keeps falling and falling. Right now, I've got him in the 20s for my running back RB 25 right now. And he was more in the teens earlier in the off season because I liked a, a lot of what he offered. I like this upside, but I just don't think that we saw it this year. And we got another year here. Hopefully that he's going to correct me on some of this stuff. I still got him ranked at least nicely that I won't look like a complete idiot if he does bounce back a little bit, but I am a little, I am getting a little bit worried about if he's going to get the attention he needs there. I think that's like a, a super valid concern. I have him at 19 currently. I'm probably going to move him down a little bit tonight too, actually. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about it, but it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm with you. I think you nailed it there. Uh, I'm running back that I moved up the, I'm just going to go with my ups before I go down. Um, I'm briefly mentioning Chase McClellan. Uh, I was kind of the guy that was down, down talking Chase McClellan this off season. Uh, but going over his tape from the Debbie guide, I think I've talked about this before during our Debbie guide meetings. Um, I thought I saw a lot more juice than I, than I thought I saw before. So I, I do think that he has a very clear path to being the lead running back at Alabama. You just talked about Alabama going run heavy. I think he's going to have an absolutely fine year there at Alabama. He's definitely going to make his money this year. Uh, but this is like his window. Like it's it this year. He either puts it together this year or he doesn't. So, yeah. Um, but I, I think he's going to do it. So I moved him up. I was pretty low on him. I think I had him at 24 in the winter. I got him all the way up at 12. So, which is. Yeah, I feel good about that. I feel fine. So that's where he's at. We're we're not too far off. I'm at 13 on him. So okay. he is he is a guy that I can't really just like I have Will Shipley in front of him right now. I don't know if I really like that. Oof. Well, let me like, just segue into my who my first down is, and that's Will <laughs> There you go. Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Um I, we we've talked a lot about how Sean Tucker is soft. We all think he's not we all. It's kind of past. The draft is done. So uh but it, you know, it, it just he didn't show any power. Uh, Sean Tucker didn't and I'm thinking to myself like of this class like who are the guys that are gonna have very similar narratives coming across once once the the draft film divers come into it I think I think Shipley's soft and I know me and you talked during the year about how yeah he looks improved going down the middle but like I don't know if he's improved enough going down the middle so I think mm. he's a very elite pass catcher I'm just worried about his actual rushing ability down the middle yeah, no, I don't hate that call exactly. And I think that power and play strength is a big thing, you know, the NFL level. Like, yeah, Keaton Mitchell is super fun, freaking bouncing around the outside and running down for a long touchdown. Like, but how how often is he going to be able to get to do that on the next level with these kind of athletes in, at the NFL level? You need some power to break through these guys. You need some power to bounce off that initial line of contact. You're not going to be able to bounce everything to the outside. Those are definitely valid concerns for Shipley. He does have that pass catching profile though, that will hopefully lead to something on the next level. But like it almost like I'm, I'm not saying, cause he's a better rusher than him, but who was um, the guy from Washington? Max Borgie. You remember Max Borgie? 
Bro, the next Christian McCaffrey? Are you serious? Yeah, the ne- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. There's there's shades of his profile that remind me of that. Now with Borgie, when we finally did see him get a little bit more rushing, but we saw that he wasn't really that great of a rusher in that final year. So it, we were able to hop off him a little bit before it got too bad. But I do kind of see some similar things with, with the softness and the pass catching profile, and you know, so I, I it's it, it's a weird one for me. I, I struggle with him having him at twelve, but I have him right there right now. I could feasibly, I think, looking at names: Jason McClellan, Trevor Etienne, Roderick Roberts, and Ruger Owens, all around these guys. I could probably move him behind Roderick Robinson, maybe. Yep. Yeah, somewhere yeah, around. Yeah, there, so. you can, you can, you can yeah. do it. Can. <laughs> okay, I so I'm gonna, go ahead. I got to see uh, Max Borgie uh, when I lived in El Paso. They went to Top Golf because the game got canceled. I don't know if you remember that. They all went to Top Golf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but moving into my last down, though, uh, Roman Hemby. Roman Hemby is kind of a guy that's been on, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say fringe radar, but he's definitely been a name that's been talked about by multiple people, um, including us here. I know Corey was a, I want to say you were one of the first ones to hop on him when we started blowing up here. Uh, but the more I look at him, the more I think about Josh Gaddis this year. I'm just like I don't I don't see I don't I don't see it getting put together this year. I really think the offense was terrible. And um did you did you see uh the head coach of Maryland's like interview after the spring game? No, I did not. No. I'm gonna send you the clip. The clip was like him he, I love when coaches are straight up honest. He he just came out and was like defense was awesome and he's just like, but I don't know about that offense. That offense looked we gotta work on offense and I was just like, dude, this, he's telling it how it is. Yeah. So um, I've been moving Roman Hemby down. I want to say I had him like in my low twenties. I think I got him down to like low thirties. So, um, I don't really see him bouncing back either with Josh Gaddis and this whole offense looking pretty bad in that spring game. So, yeah, no, he's a tough one. He was a guy that I, I, I did follow early on when he was breaking out. Of course, anybody breaking out, you got to kind of follow a little bit. So I remember I did have him like ranked highly. And then like, as I kind of looked at him like more and more, um, you know, he's six foot 200. So he's, it's not like a guy with a lot of size. So it's like, I can't make a lot of excuses when I don't see a lot of athleticism from him. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's a do it all, a good, like do it all back. Um, you know, good vision, good patience can catch the ball very well too. I think he caught like he, he only, um, didn't catch a ball in one game, like all season. Like he, he caught a ball every single game, except for one 33 of 34 balls actually. So only didn't fail to catch one ball. So he has that to him as well, but verified 4.6740 time as a recruit, um, pretty modest track times as well. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that really has like a top end gear or is very sudden or anything like that. Not a very powerful guy either. Only 2.9 yards per carry after contact with that pretty slender frame as well. So he's starting to maybe picture like line up to me more as like maybe a more of a college back than somebody we should be looking at more as Debbie. But I, I, I typically agree with you there that he is somebody that I'm moving down at least for right now. I'm okay with where he is. I think he's somewhere like, early thirties back in my twenties or something like that. But okay. Yeah, yeah. That's where yeah. I got him too. Yeah. So maybe I was just yeah. a little bit, I was a little, I was overzealous after, once the winter hit. Yeah. So yeah. They, same thing with me. Yes. I had him higher in the beginning, like 24 or something like that. And yeah, then I dropped I had him, him at, tw- yeah. yeah. I had him at 20. He's down to like 32. Yeah. So that makes sense there. I like that call. And, and again, yeah. Offensive situation. We're not sure where that's going with Gaddis there. My, down guy is just a guy that the, the more I keep looking at him, the more I keep dropping him a little bit. And, everybody's in on him and I'm just trying to wonder why a little bit, but that's Marky serving over at Oregon. Um, he just strikes me as a change of pace back, man. He's a guy who likes to bounce things outside all the time. Try to use that speed to get the outside. I don't even think he has that high of a top end gear. 
I will say that he's very good in short areas. He can make people miss. Um, he, he's that type of back. He's kind of has like that Ty J Spears to him a little bit, but lacks power. Um, it is a pretty good pass catcher as well. Just strikes me as a change of pace back. And then we're even seeing this year, they keep and keep talking about Noah Whittington and Noah Whittington is going to be a big part of this backfield. And, and Noah Whittington opens up with the first team in the spring game. And, and, and so uh, like for me, it's hard to put all my chips on Irving in like the sixth round or five, fifth round that some people are doing thinking that he's going to make it to the NFL. I don't know. I just see a, a, a Ty J Spears, a Gio Bernard type here. Like that's, that's the type of ceiling that I see at the next level for, for Irving. I have him currently, let me pull up my rankings really quick. He is my running back 50. Oof. So yeah. So I just I got, I, I got him at I, I got him at 36. Like I I think he gets drafted. I don't think he gets drafted day two. I think he gets drafted. But even so okay, so even day two, looking at a guy like Ty J. Spears, all obviously he has some medical concerns, but whatever. Like we're not that excited about that though. We don't think he's going to be no. some big time thing. So like what, I don't understand why were you, I understand chasing draft capital and draft capital is opportunity, but I still think the player profile is one that I'm worried about at the next. Yes. Yeah, it's, one. it's one piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah. I had, I had someone send me this tweet the other day and I didn't really think about it too much until like after, like much after our conversation, he said, he said that the pack 12, he was the best running back in the pack 12. Maybe he's right, but I was, then I was thinking about like, what's his competition? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah, there were yeah, exactly. many good running backs in the Pac-12. Well, Jaquindon came on at the end, but like, besides that, like, I was like, they don't have any running backs in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, I guess just by pure numbers and flashy moments, I guess maybe he was the best running back in the Pac-12. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm with you though. I don't think he makes an impact in the NFL level. So for Devi, I'm, I'm also with you. I think he gets drafted, but I'm not counting on him to do anything. Uh, let's head on over to our wide receivers, though. Um, I'm going to start off with my down. This is a guy I've talked about plenty enough, <laughs> so I'm going to be really brief about it. Uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, I moved him even more down than I did before. Uh, and in the spring game, he seemed to be not as much of a factor. It was definitely mostly Isaiah Bond, uh, Benson, Kendrick Law was even involved there. I just I, – I think I think he gets lost now in the depth chart. I think this this disappointing class for Alabama gets, 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 gets buried now. Now that these guys are – they brought in the JUCO transfer. They brought in Jermaine Bird, and they got some guys getting more experience now. So I think I think Brooks is no longer going to be a part of uh, like the the serious game plan. Yeah, I know we've talked about him quite a bit before, and he just uh, I let you talk about this one again because you just wanted to really hammer down the point about how far you had dropped him, which is where actually where, oh, where is man. he ranked? Uh, <laughs> I gotta scroll down. I gotta scroll way down. Oh god, what are we seventies, sixties? Knowing you, forty six. I moved 46. him up since yeah. March. Two spots. <laughs> <laughs> so forty. Anyway, forty six. Forty six, and I um, ended the season with him at like twenty, twenty two, or twenty three. So give me, give me the two names in front of him and the two names behind him. Okay, I'm really trying to set me up here. Eighty <laughs> um, Mitchell and Squirrel White. Or Dane Key in and... front of him in the forties. Who the hell do you have right above those guys? I got all my misfits, bro. <laughs> oh got... my goodness! I got all my misfits up there. I do actually want to put up AD Mitchell. I really do. I want to rank him a little bit higher. I'm not really convinced. Squirrels an NFL talent, and then the guys behind him are Dane Key, who I'm not convinced is an NFL talent either, and then Brendan Rice, who I'm also not convinced is an NFL talent. All guys, I think, get drafted by the way across the board. I'm just not convinced of where just yet. 
I've moved up AD Mitchell a little bit. Well, 33. I have him at 33. Okay. I am moving feel, up. Yeah, which I don't feel is that bad. He's a very raw player. We just need to see a little bit more from him. Um, Refining year bit. three, though, of rawness. Is that what we're hitting? For yeah, but he's, 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 but he hasn't really had time to develop because of all the injuries and stuff. So I do, maybe, I, I'll, maybe I'll give him a little bit of a pass there for that. But again, it's a, it's another profile that's looking a little bit troubling because of those injuries. And that's why I don't want to give him a pass because of the injuries. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's a fine call. One, the one guy I have one spot in front of a, of Mitchell, who's been a massive climber for me this off season wide receiver from Arizona state. That's Elijah Badger who really didn't do anything um, up until last year, but became the number one wide receiver for Arizona state. They've been going through a lot of turmoil kind of uh, over the past, ever since COVID hit really, they've been kind of having <laughs> a hard time over there, but um, even with it, with, with uh, ASU struggles at quarterback, you know, Badger kind of made a, a name for himself uh, uh, in this wide receiver core. Very tough player, 6'2", 190 pounds, brings good size, um, and uh, forced 25 missed tackles as a wide receiver, which is a pretty freaking high number for a wide receiver. That was first in the Pac-12 and second out of all Power 5 wide receivers. So he's very elusive in the open field, and he's he's got a tough grit to him. I wouldn't necessarily say that all of a sudden that he's making these guys miss all the time. He breaks through a lot. He bounces off a of contact lot like he, he kind of like i hate to say it like, i mean i've said it a couple times before but it the yak ability is almost debo-esque just oh, just the, yak the next ability. debo the next debo no no the the yak ability okay is is almost deep is almost debo-esque but i i just see a lot of traits here that i think can make it to the nfl i'm not sure where exactly he's going to go in the draft i still think he can potentially be a day two talent um I'm, I want to see how he tests as well because there's not a lot of not a lot of instances of him breaking free and running like 80 yards or something like that. So it's kind of a little bit hard to get a feel for that that top end speed, but still a lot of traits here that I like, and I think that I think we're going to be seeing him play on Sundays. I'm going to ask you uh, either or here. Do you, would you rather Elijah Badger or Keon Coleman? Both big men there. Elijah Badger. I think he moves oh. better than Keon. I think he moves better than Coleman. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they got yeah. different skill sets. I kind of like said that because of size, but I thought about they have different skills. Like Coleman's more of a yeah. jump ball, and Badger's more of a yak threat. I think a yak threat, especially with size, is very important at, at the next level nowadays. People love scheming up just simple touches to their wide receiver that they love that then can, that can create on their own. Makes it easier on the quarterback. It's a high completion yeah. play. It's 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 an easier play to make. I think it's a very important thing at the next level, especially when you bring size. You're not Rondale Moore. You're Elijah Badger, 6'2", 190, like you bring in that too. You know? So I, 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 I think that is a very important trait at the next level. No, I'm with you there. I like that too. I know we talked about it. we don't really like the jump ball guys ourselves. Uh, a yeah. guy I'm moving up though is Keon Coleman. Um, I've just been so down on him, uh, like really, really down. Actually, I gotta go find him in my rankings. But I, I had him in like the 80s once the winter hit. I just didn't see at all any NFL skills. I had him as like a tier eight player, uh, but I, I thought I thought the level of his jump ball ability was pretty high. So I think I put him. I got him right here. I got him at 49. So he went from 83 to 49. Keon Coleman, the portal also intrigues me too. I was a little bit less interested in Michigan State because I think they're just going to throw him jump balls. And I, I don't know if that's just his skill set or if he can do more. So if he goes to another school, I can see a little bit more variety and versatility, hopefully. And if there is no versatility, then that's just his skill set. It's just jump balls. So um, I moved him up with the idea of hopefully seeing more of him in a different role, which excites me as, a, as an analyst. 
Yeah, maybe a little bit of like a preemptive strike there, hopefully trying to get ahead of the train a little bit if you think you can kind of break out. I've never been overly wowed with what I've seen from Keon Coleman. He kind of just seems like just a guy. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't even put like a guy that we've talked about before, Jeremiah Hunter and Keon Coleman. I wouldn't even put them very far apart. Is it like old school bully ball? Is that how you like you? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of, yeah, that's kind of like how I view it a little bit. They kind of seem like very similar players. So like, I, I'm not sure what the, uh, I, I need to see more from Keon, I guess. So hopefully like you're saying in a new place, we'll see a little bit more dynamism from him, at least from the way they use him at Michigan state. Um, a guy that I am down on, we're kind of going all over the place, <laughs> but a guy that's moving down for me in this class is Kane Prather. We even just talked about that Maryland offense, talking about Roman Hemby as well with Josh Gaddis going there. We're not really sure where they're headed uh, and how it's going to look. Um, he seemed to be part of the starting uh, wide receiver core in the spring game, but uh, I got his fair share of targets, but didn't really do anything to wow anybody. Um, and just a guy that I'm not sure, again, we just saw guys like um, Dante Demas here and Rakeem Jarrett here put up some pretty good numbers here and never really get the love from the NFL either. So what's Prather's future here? You know what I mean? He with two at quarterback and I know they got Billy Edwards as well, who's okay of a quarterback as well like what's what's his future here especially if he's entering in this 2024 class I don't see the production profile I don't know if he's as good of an athlete to get that to, to for that sole thing to make him jump up in, in on draft boards um and I don't know if he's gonna have the production in in, in this system in this Josh Gatta system as well so I'm definitely getting worried about him he's dropped down into like my 40s or, or I think Ooh, 40s wow. for wide receivers yeah I think I'm moving down like five spots, but I just it, it, Gaddis just sucks the life out of an offense too. I mean, he's just this yeah. Is, I've Kane, we, gotta, we gotta pour one out for the homies. Yeah, forty four. I put Kane Prather right now. Yeah, we really. I just up. don't know. I know. I just don't. You just get at this point. It has to kind of be a my guy situation where you're hanging your hat on him, and I'm starting to lose reasons to do it. So I'm starting. So uh, maybe he shows me something this year, and I can at least bump him up a little bit. But at least that's that's kind of where I'm feeling on him right now. Josh Josh Gaddis leaving Miami gives us life for Colby Young, but then he takes away Caden Prather from us. This guy is just. I know. Yeah. Who's he? Think I almost he is? I almost would have liked him to stay at West. I mean, I know West Virginia is not very good either, but at least he would have been the number one guy there probably, and we would have been sure of that. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go in. Let's go into my uh, my last up here. My last guy I'm talking about for wide receiver here. I, I've been on also the low man on Troy Franklin here. Now everyone's like, well, why mm-hmm. is Troy Franklin? I've never seen a guy with his skill set succeed at the NFL. He's a little bit. He's a skinny guy that's six foot three. He separates with like deceptive speed. He's not a route runner to me. He doesn't really have quick footwork. I think he's good at drawing a defender in and then just exploding out of his his cut there. Like slogos. Like that's his route. I love his slogos. And then Bo Nix. Um, runs for his life, but somehow successful at it all the time at Oregon, and then and then and then Troy Franklin gives him an open target downfield. But Troy Franklin also has extremely reliable hands too, and he's just been so consistent at the catch point for somebody that's so skinny. Anyway, I've come around to the fact that he can maybe be a super dynamic number two. The same way we talk about Addison, Devonta Smith, I think he can maybe fall in that bucket of really dynamic. Why are receiver twos for an offense? So I, I've come around on that. And I moved up Troy Franklin. I think he was somewhere in my 20s. I think I want to say I put him in like my mid-teens. Yeah, yeah 25, he, 25 to 17. So. Oh, yeah. See, so we're, we have almost done the exact same thing. He was my 26, and I moved him up to 16 right now. Actually, I could move him up one more, though, here, I think. I kind of want to move him down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, no, here, here's my thing with Troy Franklin is like we were just talking about Caden Prather, where 
I don't know if he's going to have like athletic ability to hang his hat on to gain that attention. Troy Franklin might be a freak. He might be. He moves like one a little bit. So like there's a chance he puts on a show at the combine and gets that attention that equates to like some pretty good draft capital, whether it's early second or, or late second, whatever. I mean, some of the names we're seeing early second nowadays, I mean, Jonathan Mingo just went early second. So really, uh, you know, and that's just it was based a weird on draft class. It was, really, yeah. it, was, it was a weird draft class, but I think he has traits that the NFL is going to like. And I, and for a guy that's also taken uh, a step back and looked at Troy Franklin a little bit more, because I was also the lower guy is noticing how freaking wide open he's been running and Bonix just missing him. So, like, he's getting behind the defense pretty consistently. So, I think that there is some skill there. The size is the thing that's going to be, you know, kind of the bigger issue. But, yeah, he, he's been a climber for me, too. I mean, I uh, I didn't put him on my list. I saw him, you put him on yours. So, we are going to talk about him anyways. Uh, <laughs> but do, I do like you think that. He's a straight, do you think he's a straight line guy? Because I, I, I don't see a lot of, like, lateralness to him or even really in breaking routes. I see him more going vertical for everything. Yeah, they don't really use him that way, eh? That, uh, a whole lot. Like in I, short, I really like, feel like I really feel like he's like a skinny DK, and I know, I don't want to say that out loud. Like I'm like, am I wrong mm. for that? I think I'm wrong for that. Like, yeah, I mean, a skinny DK is like a completely different player because <laughs> that like physicality that DK <laughs> brings is like 100 percent part of his game. You know, so it's hard yeah, to say that it's, it's a weird comparison. But yeah, he is kind of like that. Like, is he Denzel Mims? Like, is that who he's gonna be? Like, I don't Maybe. know, right? So he, he could, is he on that kind of trajectory? I don't know. So uh, let, let's hope he's not just a big athletic freak that is kind of too raw. I think that I see enough there and with one more year now to keep progressing. But he, he took a big jump from year one as well. It's pretty hard on him. He did. Year one. Yeah, love so that. He, so, yeah, so he took that big jump in year one. Let's hope for another big jump in year two. All right, let's get on, on year to three, the year three, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> let's get on to the 2025 class. Let's go right into QBs here. Uh, I already mentioned Gunnar Stockton's my stock down, pun intended there with that last name. Um, MJ Morris is my stock up. We kind of talked about it months ago with the coaching changes there. I'm all in on Robert and I, and I definitely think it's going to be Brandon Armstrong this year, but MJ Morris throws a nice tight ball. He's got some good touch there. I want to see more tight window type uh, stuff there. And he's a decent mover too. He definitely has some pocket awareness too as well. I, I like We've seen some traits. I just want to see the development into something elite. I and mean, I don't have to question his offensive coordinator. He's going to give him plenty of opportunity and decent play calling to showcase uh, his abilities. So MJ Morris is my stock up this year. Yeah, I was fully ready to almost rank him as a top 30 quarterback if he was going to be the starter entering this year. But of course, Armstrong comes in there and in the connection, like obviously, uh, regardless of how poor Brendan Armstrong kind of looked in that, in that uh, spring game as well. Um, he, uh, it looks like it's going to be his job. So MJ Morris is probably going to have to sit on the bench for a little bit, but yeah, a lot of things are to, to kind of be intrigued with. I kind of like that call as well. My guy who is moving up for me is a former five-star guy, at least by some services. And he's everybody's most hated five-star quarterback from last year's class. And that's Walker Howard, who went over to Ole Miss uh, this offseason and had a pretty strong spring, I would say. The reports are pretty good from him. He looked pretty good in the spring game as well. It looks like he's going to be the the guy to, to at least be in contention to take over the spot for Jackson Dart when if Jackson Dart decides to leave next year. And then he's going to be in this lane-given system at Ole Miss that puts up a lot of numbers. There is some talent there. Clearly, he was ranked pretty highly. So this looks like a quarterback of the future situation. You're going to have to wait a little bit if you do decide to put some stock in him until Dart leaves, whether he leaves next year or the year after. But I'm kind of liking the way things are lining up for Walker Howard, given that we were so low on him um, 
at LSU and now over at Ole Miss, he's kind of gotten new life here. Yeah, I do like that call. I um, we talked about him before. You said they kind of created plays from to only look at half the field, so it um, was. Yeah, you could tell the yeah. playbook wasn't as open for him as it was for Dart early on, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still it's still promising. I think from where we were about you know four or five months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, compared to expectations here. Uh, I only had one guy to give the stock up. You want to give us your last stock down there? Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I talked about this guy last week as well, so we can even move right past it real quick. But it's Kate Klubnik out of Clemson, just a guy that I've I've struggled to see with a little bit. Arm talent doesn't wow me. Still doesn't read the field very well for a guy who's second year in the system as well now. And uh, even looking at that spring game, chemistry with the receivers just seems way off still. I just I don't know where it's headed with him, and I'm a little bit worried. I just want to ask you here: Do we do we do we have wavering confidence on this QB class? We like I think five names in this class, and it feels like we're only talking about you know it feels like we're fading out on Ty Simpson. Sounds like we're fading out on Club Nick. Sounds like we're I I know we bumped yeah. down Devin Brown at least one tier for the Devi guide. So do you, I think, do you think I still I still have hope for like Devin Brown and stuff, and I still I still yeah, have yeah, hope yeah, for the top the, the the top three guys at the top of this class. Like, yeah, I think I, I I don't I think a lot of us were a little bit worried about Club Nick even just entering as a prospect, and then we kind of got a little bit of hope there when he got into the season, but he hasn't really shown anything to deter those thoughts we had at, about him as a prospect. Uh, but I still think the top of this class looks pretty good, and I still think we just need some time. In a sense, you know, there's it's almost a new era of of football now where we don't even get to see true freshmen really start anymore. Now we've got the NAL. Now that we've got the transfer portal, these guys are filling their holes with veteran guys off the market or paying up for another veteran guy off the market or, or something like that, where we're not, we might not start. Or we might start not seeing as many freshmen, true freshmen, at least get to start games for their college team right away, but the way you can fill these holes now. So I still think that there's a possibility that 2025 might there, there might be some more names to pop up in this class that we can start talking about. Yeah, I, I'm with you there too. I, I'm still in on Devin Brown. I still believe in. Uh, I like Hunter Wegman. Yeah, I am. I am concerned about Ty Simpson and and Clubnik. Even just being too rough, though. I don't know. Like, there's too much. I don't know, man. I need to calm down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need to calm down. I haven't even seen them really play. So uh, yeah. we're just. I'm just. I'm just overreacting a little bit here. Spring news got me. Got me in. Uh, in the funk uh but let's let's head over to our running backs uh let's talk about 20 running backs here my first one uh i actually have two downs here i didn't put any ups i, I put dallin hayden as a down uh the more i watch and the more i don't i don't know why i'm excited for him as the future of ohio state i feel like he's kind of just a guy like he's good enough you know uh but i think he can very easily get recruited over i don't think he's too special to not not be recruited over even bringing a transfer i don't think he's like that type of level of running back yeah, I wrote his profile actually for the Debbie Guide as well. So there's another guy that I kind of looked at closely. And I guess like there's a little bit of dynamism missing to him as a runner. He's kind of like a one cut and go guy a little bit and not like super fluid, can kind of bounce off contact a little bit. But I do find trouble finding a trait to kind of hang my hat on with him. Did really well when they kind of asked him to step in last year. Uh, but now it gets really crowded. I mean, um, Diamante Trainum is making a comeback. He had the big run in the, in the, in the spring game this offseason, 
You're going to get back a trade on uh, Henderson healthy as well. You're still going to get Mayan Williams, who's also dealing with stuff, so he's going to come back healthy. I just don't know where he falls on this depth chart. This might be another guy that might need to transfer out. And there was some rumors, actually, of him thinking about transferring out earlier in the offseason. I think it was to Tennessee or something like that. But obviously, that didn't end up going anywhere. Um, but this might be a guy who needs to. I mean, unless he sees an opening in 2024, because he was the guy who was running as a second running back or or the guy who stepped in when the top two guys were down. So maybe in 2024, he sees it opening up for him. You know what I mean? So I'm not – I haven't dropped him like crazy. I'm eager to, to know where you have him actually ranked in your rankings. I have him at 30. Okay, where do I? I'm at 24, so we're like six spots okay. away. Not crazy, but like, yeah, I guess you're you're starting the downward trend there. I had, um, him, at, I had him at 23, and then I'm looking at names around him. And I can't really justify putting him lower, but I, I really want to put him lower. Yeah, I'm getting there too a little bit. I've kind of dropped him a little bit recently, but how about, actually, how about this? Dallin Hayden or LaQuint Allen? They're 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 close for me. But we haven't seen. I don't know. I like. I love LaQuint. We all know I love LaQuint. I just like yeah. we haven't seen anything. And then at the Syracuse thing too. Is he going to get the 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 recognition he needs there? We also need to see a little bit of weight added to him. I love him as a C two C with a hopeful Devi asset. Um, right now, I still. I don't know. I still think Hayden might be the better <laughs> Devi asset right now. Okay. Yeah, I have. Well, I have LaQuint at twenty eight. I have uh, Hayden at twenty four. So All same right. tier though. I mean, so it's not right, right. Yeah. Let me let me let me pass a let me pass one by you. How do you feel about this sentence? Damian Martinez is a top twenty Debbie running back. I feel pretty good about that. You like that? Okay. That's he's, he's been somebody who keeps climbing for me, and I understand that there's no like there's a lack of receiving profile there, but there is a size speed profile there, and there yes, is an early dude. production profile. There's some nimble, there's some light footedness there for a big man. Like there's a okay, lot. See, I don't, I, like I don't him. agree there. I don't agree there with the light footedness. Why not? He's a he. He makes guys miss. I think he's like a one cut guy, and then he follows his blockers like really. Well. I, I, I'm a little bit worried about his dynamicism as a runner. I think he's got really good first level vision. I think the second level vision is a little bit like worrisome. And then, then I don't really see a lot of the footwork in the see, open field. What you just explained to me is almost what I see in almost every freshman running back. You could like, I swear to God, you go on YouTube, you look up yeah. old videos I've done with Brandon Lejeune on like Tank Bigsby when he was a freshman and on Justice, uh, I mean, on, on Jameer Gibbs when he was a freshman. We all said the same thing. Second level creation was something that they all needed to work on going into their sophomore year. And they eventually did. But I think, you know, when you're a young running back, it's like you're almost just focused on it's so much to worry about in an in-game situation. You're so focused on just getting through that first opening line and then picking up a couple of yards and then whatever happens after. And then as you go on, you get more comfortable. You can get a little more dynamic on the second level. You can get more comfortable yeah, you move and, and, and yeah. trust yourself a little bit more. That's something that I kind of feel like I see with running backs as a, especially ones that start early. So I'm not totally writing that off. And I do think I see some, some nimble footedness from him for a bigger guy. Um, I think he's got, uh, uh, I don't think he's like, like okay, well, do you think he's? Do you think Mayan Williams has more nimble feet than Damian Martinez? No. Okay, thank you. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> so I have him at running back nineteen right now, and I'm feeling iffy about it. But that's just where he ended up in my recent ranking move. Um, I have so, him. I, go ahead. I have him at sixteen. Oh wow, I'm, you're I'm, even higher. I'm than I am. At, yeah, I know. I think I peaked at twelve, by the way. But I. I 
I like the size and the speed, and I'm hoping for the development there. Like, I don't think he's like it's too high. It's too high for what he is right now today. Yeah, but like, yeah, dude, it's it's a little bit frustrating. I like the size, the speed. <laughs> it's the speed build up speed, by the way. Do you think he takes a little bit too long to get to his full acceleration there? Uh, no, I wouldn't say too long. I wouldn't say that he's like shot out of a cannon. Right. But yeah, but I don't think that it's not something that, that necessarily worries me. I don't think it's tough, but I'm, I'm going off the early production profile. Like, you know, you can feel good about the production. Like, I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I'm just hoping to see more. And obviously you can feel really good about that true freshman season. So I, I do like him there. I think that's a fine shot. It's definitely an upside spot. You don't have to worry about him being soft either. The way we talk about some guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like even if all things like if he didn't, continue much from the player he is right now i still think he might be a day three early down banger in the nfl whether that's okay. worth it to you or whatever but i still think that's our, that he has a role at the nfl level even as a player okay. he is now yeah yeah i think i can i can i can agree with that yeah so my next one here for uh our a down rb here and this has been talked about is trevante citizen uh low-hanging fruit here the knee injuries are still like i think he re-injured his knee there just has not been good injury news about him uh, and I think development at the early stages of college of college is just so important. Uh, so I'm definitely kind of out. It doesn't sound like the way stuff is being phrased. It's just trending that it's not sound like he's going to be contributing much this year. And if he's not contributing his first two years, I, I'm good. I, I think I'm good. I'm shipping him off for what I can. He started at RB 10 for me. He's all the way down to RB 31. Um, and I should probably move him a little bit farther than that. Yeah, I've just dropped him even more too. He's running back thirty, but then we're starting to get to names where I don't necessarily. I mean, they're just it's just as much open. But actually, I could drop him probably right now to. I'm gonna drop him to thirty six. Put Jade on Javante Citizen or Andrew Paul. Oh, Andrew Paul is lower than that for me. I don't know <laughs> what the, I don't know what the, the forty. Same, Andrew Paul's forty seven for me. But yeah, I got. I guess you said the same thing. Yeah, injury concerns, right? Yeah, Jarkis Hunter or Trevante Citizen. Jarkis Hunter, I have higher. Yeah. Running back 29, I have Jarkis Hunter, which is too freaking high, to be honest with you. But that's where he is <laughs> for now. <laughs> we'll see if I move him around a little bit. But no, I mean, it is a little low-hanging fruit there, but I mean, I, I'm totally fine with that one. The one that's moving down for me, um, a guy that we talked about when we first did our rankings update, like freaking beginning of the offseason, that was Keytron Allen, who was actually – uncomfortably high for me that was kind of the, the theory the uh the topic we were talking about someone who's uncomfortably too high and that was Charn allen so found reasons to move him down thankfully um but yeah i just there's some inefficiency there um there's some maybe lack of wiggle there and now you know for some reason i thought this guy was playing at like 215 pounds i don't know where that crossed my mind but then to see that he was only playing at 203 last year oh. and then yeah that 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 tossed me for a loop because his running style almost seemed like a guy who was a little bit bigger and a little bit more weight on him, a little more power. Um, so that kind of threw me for a loop. Now I know he's up to like 219 or something like that, which might suit his play style a little bit better. We might see a little more power out of him and uh, and uh, see that part come out in his game a little bit more. But uh, yeah, just not a very overly dynamic guy. Guy that we knew coming in was a little bit more fine coming from that IMG Academy. A guy who could probably see the field early, but I just don't know what the upside t- 
totally is there for Catron. I just want, I, I'm worried about like how much he's going to develop here with Singleton as well. I hope he can, and I have hopes for it, but um, I'm a little bit worried. I'm glad I've been found ways to move him down. He's still at running back 21 for me though. Yeah. So I, I have an RB 20. So we're kind of next to each other there. Yeah. We're pretty close. Yeah. Let's, um, Let's let's head on over to our wide receivers. Let's talk about 2025 wide receivers. Um, I want you to start off though, because I only have two and one of ours inter- interlaps. So yeah, give it so I'll I'll leave that one for you. Uh, and I was gonna take your other guy too, but I mean, you like the low hanging fruit, so I just let you have it all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Wisconsin wide receiver CJ Williams, who has climbed up quite a bit for me. This was a guy that I liked as a prospect. We've talked about a little bit more, but. He's finally getting a new opportunity over here at Wisconsin. Yes, year one zero. That's not great for the profile. It's not like he's huge up in my rankings, but this was a guy who, after being the year one zero and after not getting no buzz at all, he was like in my 50s for wide receiver. Now he's all the way up in the 30s. Um, he's uh, been making waves ever since he got to Wisconsin. He was started on the second team. Eventually, he was dominating so much, they had to move him up to the first team. Um, so now he's been a staple of the first team offense. And it seems like things are lining up for him to potentially be a big beneficiary of his new landing spot and potentially be the wide receiver one in this offense. I'm still not sure if he will be that, but it seems to be trending that way anyways. And it seems to be a big trend from where he was last year to where I'm not, I'm even, I was even worried about what kind of playing time he was going to be seeing in his second year at USC. Now it looks like he's going to be part of the starting team over here at Wisconsin. So CJ Williams is a big climber for me this offseason. Yes, year one zero, CJ Williams. Yeah, it's not not <laughs> not something we tout very often, but uh, I'm no. just you know hanging my hat on this one a little bit. Uh, I've talked about this on Debbie Debate last week. My up wide receiver is Ted McMillan, stock up wide receiver for Arizona, uh, six foot four, two twenty, um, the leading freshman receiver last year. Uh, me and Corey have talked about him. We both thought that we ranked him too low we're we're kind of catching back up to speed with the rest of the world so obviously we've missed out on our debbie rosters for him it's it's okay we'll, we'll we'll get over it but um i i think he can develop into a drake london type of guy we're a little concerned about his athleticism as a true freshman but that that can improve he's still growing they still got the weight training program at arizona to to get him up to a higher level of athleticism so that was really our only concern. Besides that, uh, good ball skills, great size, kind of love it. Like his play style is also kind of bullyish. It's just kind of surprising to see him do it at like 18 years old. So if he can develop to be able to separate a little bit better, a little bit better physically, then I'm down for it. I like Ted McMillan. He's been a stock up for me. I had him. I'm like too embarrassed to say this out loud. <laughs> I had him like, <laughs> I'm trying to find his name. I'm on my running backs right now. I had him at 32. I had him at 32 in the wow. season. I moved him up to 14. I think the lo- the lowest I had him at was somewhere around 27, 26. So it's not like we're super far off, I guess. But again, I think that we did make the mistake of judging him for the product he was on the field already, not giving him any room to grow or, or anything, you know, kind of like we're talking about Martinez. I were hoping he can, he can develop and, and become Arizona, the, the school has stank on it is what it is. That's cool. That, that, that is also a little bit of a problem playing at Arizona. Like, I'm not sure if he's going to get the love that he can get there, but again, you know, you made the comparison to Drake London. When I watched Drake London's film, I did not like Drake London. He was a zone eater. He yeah. was a possession guy sitting down in zones and they ran him out of the slot. It was all easy targets to him. 
um, um, created manufacturer targets all the time as well. Oh yeah, dude, so much manufacturer yeah. stuff. Yeah, and then he eventually, you know, when he finally moved into that X role in his final wider in his final season, we got to see a little bit more of the footwork, a little more of the release package, a little bit more of the bully ball. Um, we saw a lot of a lot of nice things, and I don't I don't think that's out of the realm for Ted McMillan. Um, I'm just hoping that that it continues. So I I've moved him up quite a bit too. I've actually had him. I actually have him at 14, which feels yeah. high, but I also. Yeah, which but it's it's a young freshman who's who's produced like that in year one. I think we got to give him a little more love than we were probably getting. Yeah, I, I mean he absolutely shattered expectations as a first year player, and that's got to be noted and taken into account. So uh, I think I think we got him in the right spot now. I you know I, I think we're put him where he belongs. Yeah. We've adjusted correctly, so that's <laughs> that's the right thing. My other guy here is a guy that you actually talked about earlier that you were pretty low on. Um, and I won't say that I'm skyrocket high on him, but I am a little bit higher than I guess some people would. And uh, that's going to be Tennessee wide receiver Squirrel White. And maybe it's because of this recent draft class where we got guys like Jordan Addison. We got guys like Jordan Downs, or I mean Josh Downs. We got guys like Zay Flowers who are all typically pretty small guys getting good round draft capital, landing in pretty good situations. Um and Squirrel's going to have that speed to him. You know what I mean? I, Tank Dell, another guy who got second-round draft capital. I think Second or third round. I can't remember exactly where he went. But still, day two draft capital. Um, and I think Squirrel's going to run even faster than that. This is a guy who has amazing track times, amazing speed. He's going to be in an offense that's going to put up Jalen Hyatt-type numbers. Um, so even so, I just think that there's an easy path to him for at least uh, day two draft capital. And then when we get to the NFL, his, his his profile is a little bit shaky, but you know we're seeing the NFL give these guys more leniency, even if they're smaller, even if they're uh, they're not up to the the weight we're we're used accustomed to seeing uh, at the next level. So I'm at least giving him some love. I've got him ranked at right now wide receiver twenty seven. Yeah, yeah, so I, got I, at, feel- I got him at. Yeah, I got him at 45. I thought he made a good play. No one's arguing the industry that he's not going to be productive. I think most of us have agreed that he's going to be very productive at Tennessee. It's just the debate of whether he'll uh, translate over or not. But yeah, yeah, I think I think he's pretty safe to project to. I just hope that at the latest, like that kind of feels about the latest he goes. Yeah, I just I just hope that my C to C isn't clouding my vision because he's been one of my favorite targets this offseason. A young guy who's probably going to be productive for like three, two, two more years at least if he does declare early maybe three if he wants to stay in that system like so uh, maybe that's clouding my vision a bit but i think the production profile is going to look pretty nice if he can stay healthy and i just hope he can keep adding a little bit of weight because 510 is not a bad number but if he can get up to more like 180 in the weight area which is a tough ask starting at 165 but if he can get more up there then 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 we might have something here okay so the last one that me and Corey both have uh, and we've talked about this enough so we'll make this kind of short it's adam randall uh, wide receiver for Clemson. Uh, he's got a bunch of other e- knee issues, very similar to Devontae Citizen almost, but he's like put on weight too. So it's kind of like, it's not looking great there for him. Uh, and we've talked about early development. Now he did beat the year one zero mold, but it just sounds like the knee issue is not going away. Like they've rushed him back to the field. So Corey, I want to ask you, how far down have you moved him? I've had him at 19 post uh, like December. And now I have him at 33. Oh yeah, we're close. I am a thirty-one, dropping okay. a thirty-one. So I am getting worried about the the knee issue. The thing with him is, it's like it's not the same thing as Citizen so much that we, like we haven't seen Citizen at all. Randall got on the field and broke year one zero threshold. So it's like he has that going for him. 
if he can somehow get healthy enough to start the season or like, I don't know what's going on with this knee cleanup. We really haven't known much about it. If it's another injury, if it was just a cleanup thing or whatever, like if he's going to be fine, I'm going to be really interested to see what kind of role he's playing in the summer. Once it starts, I get, once I get back into fall ball there and see if he's going to be playing with the, with the first team. Cause I think, I still think he's probably, if, if not the most talented wide receiver in that room, I mean, Antonio Williams is a very nice player, but I really liked Adam Randall's upside if he can return to that type of player. I just don't know if that's there, but I'm still willing to rank him at least 31 because I want to I want to give him some type of realm where he can come back and bounce back here. I know I want to ask one question before we head out of here. Um, I want to ask you about Bo Collins. With Adam Randall being held out potentially, would this bump up Rand- uh, Bo Collins in your rankings? Because it's like, no. no, okay. So like, are you no, so are no. you out? You out on Bo Collins? Yeah, I'm pretty. No matter out. what, I'm. Pre- I have Bo Collins next to Jermaine Burton. <laughs> I might want Jermaine Burton more. <laughs> what did Bo Collins ever do to you for that? Type yeah, of- <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just what did what did Bo Collins ever do to get higher than this? I think that's the question. Uh, his high school profile. Yeah. yeah. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Thanks for joining Corey and I here tonight while we go over our spring cleaning next week. We will start our conference by conference series. We're starting with the best conference for Debbie football. If you don't know what that is, well, shame, shame on you. But anyway, <laughs> We will be starting going conference and conference. We'll, we'll go to the SEC, ACC, so on and so forth. Uh, we're going to lump all the G5 together. We are not doing individual G5 conferences. We'll, we, won't, we won't last. Uh, hmm. But from Corey and Mike, thank you for joining us. Good night and good luck. Good luck.